1: good afternoon Chris
0: uh, what's good TJ
1: hey I'm uh, <sighs> I'm uh, I'm in the lake house in Lake Arrowhead right now
0: arrowhead TJ hits different
1: we had to pop in for just a weekend getaway
0: I don't understand why you I don't understand why you guys don't stay there longer is it just too boring
1: well kind of yeah kind of no I don't know like, i get it you know when you when you're in a place of nature and and solitude and zen quietness like sometimes you you just you need a couple of days and you're like okay I'm, it's out of my system i'm good
0: uh yeah i mean look i hate nature but i was just asking
1: i know like you're the type of person where you can like go to a beautiful campsite and then you know walk around for an afternoon and be like all right i'm all set
0: <laughs> we're straight where's the hotel baby no no, no
1: more necesito. um but yeah i mean you know i feel a little weird having a having a little summer retreat uh midst of what's going on but our house is under construction it's it's oh yeah
0: shit i I already forgot about that yeah so we just we have
1: no we have no kitchen we have no bathroom it's just kind of it's real tough
0: when is that gonna be when is it gonna be like what's the tl looking like probably
1: like one more week
0: oh okay that's not that bad
1: um but, you know, have, I've been eating every every meal all week from a restaurant where I was, I was cooking every single thing I ate for the last three months at home. So it was a real flip-flop.
0: Yeah, restaurants are much cooler, aren't they?
1: <laughs> no, 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 they're, no, they're not. Unless they're, a, <laughs> unless they're a small local business that needs your support. Oh, here we go. And then... Bitch,
0: bitch we know you were ordering fucking Postmates from McDonald's. No, no,
1: no. I <laughs> Well, <laughs> one thing that I've done during the quarantine is... No delivery. Uh, I I will always do a pickup and order directly from the restaurant's website. Don't use yeah. a third party because they always they always take a cut and that money goes to, you know, a twisted corporation and not your friend's restaurant. They take
0: a big old cut too. I mean some of that shit's crazy.
1: They do and some restaurants, um, even even they, they, they use those sites without even getting profit. And they still have to raise their prices on Postmates just to offset the, all the fees and stuff they charge. So the same Jesus. thing on there. If you walk in, it'll cost $10. It costs 13 or whatever on, on DoorDash.
0: Yeah. Well, I was talking to my, my friend yesterday here uh, in Atlanta. And his brother owns a, a restaurant here that's like a pretty high-end sushi place. Um, mm. And they had never done takeout before. And after a while in the quarantine, they were like, fuck it, let's try it. And they made this, like, custom packaging and, like, really went for it. And mm-hmm. apparently, they're f- they're fucking killing.
1: They did the, um, the sugar fish bento, probably.
0: Yeah, I would imagine something similar. But, like, I, I guess I-, I just never think to spend $200 on real sushi when it comes to, like, takeout. That yeah. just doesn't really. Well, it's,
1: a- yeah, it's ass backwards to me.
0: But apparently, it's really working here in, in Buckhead. That's you know good. I mean? I mean,
1: you know, people want to support, it. and if you, you know, That's if you're true. a restaurant that has no, nothing available, you know, you're you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot.
0: I went to I, I hit Lennox Square yesterday, baby.
1: <sighs> so nature really is healing.
0: Nature is not healing. So actually, can you um, can
1: you explain uh, Lennox to our listeners who might not be familiar with it?
0: Well, I mean, if you've ever listened to rap music in your life, you know Linux Square. It's the it's the most famous mall, um, one of the more famous malls, I would say, in the world. Um, but it's it's a mm. it's a it's Let's a not go that far. N- known look, it's no South Coast Plaza, but it's a known <laughs> gathering place. It's a known gathering place on Peachtree Street in Buckhead. Mm. Um, and I had to I ordered some new running shoes um, because my my. Current ones are toasted. I had to go exchange them at the Nike store, um, so I, I had to go to the mall, which was, I mean, it's so this just the first
1: wild. is this the first time that you've like purchased clothing retail item in person in a while?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I didn't even get to purchase; I just exchanged. Mm. It was pretty lackluster, but yeah, I mean, the mall was obviously insane like packed and my 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 friend yeah. for my like first boss um who owns a store there said that he's probably gonna have his best month ever in the history of his business during quarantine like the month really? post quarantine because people are just out here spending
1: <laughs> i don't know what why they're spending like they, they is it because now they finally have an opportunity to show off their outfits Am I think in the beginning,
0: money? I think I think it was in the beginning. in, in to quote Frischad, they had the STEMI checks.
1: <laughs> got it,
0: got uh, it, got it. But the STEMI check, I mean, it's not that much money. So I, I think it's gone beyond that. You know, it's what I not mean? that much um, money.
1: But if you are, I, if you were the type of person who did not necessarily need the STEMI check, and then it just becomes, you know, free, you know, Monopoly money instantly, then you know, you're gonna buy some. Um, some some johns as they would say
0: yeah so he i mean it was just interesting to talk to him and and be like he's like yeah it's absolutely fucking insane and then last night he texted me because i'd seen him yesterday he texted me being like they basically evacuated the mall um last night before before it was closing time before because sundown. of this because of this richard brooks killing yeah um so uh grand he,
1: opening he, grand closing grand
0: opening grand closing is is right um so i i didn't realize i, I didn't um i mean obviously i i'd heard you know something was probably going to happen um but the protesters shut down 75 which is mm-hmm. like to shut down a highway in atlanta is pretty fucking insane um this is a
1: mm-hmm. a that usually major- only happens when it rains so this is big for atlanta. exactly
0: yeah exactly when you get a half inch of snow it closes down um but the uh the you know, I mean it's like a main it's it's the main one of the main veins. Yeah, it's a crazy city. thing even,
1: crazy thing to and see. even
0: even though it was like a Saturday night, which is obviously not the highest traffic moment, it's still pretty insane mm. um to to do that. So and they lit the motherfucking Wendy's on fire. Um yes. which uh, apparently was done by a white lady. Um but <laughs> I, I don't I don't have confirmation on that. But I mean I think that the whole the the I mean again, this is just Obviously, what we've been talking about, but I mean, video of him running away—it's mm-hmm. like—and I think the the thing I have, and this is what they kind of tried to do with with George Floyd as well, is a little bit like, well, he's a criminal, you know what I mean? I'm like, guys, we're talking about falling asleep tipsy in a car, you know what I mean? We're not talking about like real crime.
1: Yeah, this this was a crime that in the you know in the '60s would be a commendable act. Of like, oh, he had too much to drink. He's gonna pull over and and sleep it off. That's a great responsible thing to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I, I think that the the if you are white, and, and I, yeah, if you are white, and I think this goes down to another interesting thing about like that is the perfect example of, of a, a situation where the cop shouldn't be called.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, like that that's not a police issue. Like, you know what I mean? Like that there that that is, I think, a, a perfect example of something that 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 illustrates that and how it could have been handled differently um yeah a and, full
1: complete lack of humanity going on there
0: and, but watching i mean there's the video is him
1: literally running away and them shooting him in
0: mm-hmm. the back which is just for that to happen right now is absolutely fucking insane
1: mm-hmm. and that's like and a, he got fired the day after right or he's
2: already I mean, he got
0: no, he got fired. Uh, the chief of police resigned. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's bigger implications, too, because the mayor, who is Keisha Lance Bottoms, has been, you know, they're floating her name to be Biden's vice president. Mm. So a- Atlanta, and I want to talk to – so our guest today is Joe Coscarelli um, from the New York Times, um, who's my, one of my favorite music writers. And um, he does uh, Diary of a Song, the very popular series, where he kind of gets – Every every person involved in writing like a hit song to kind of break down how it happened, um, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite series online. But Joe is also for the last probably year a piece been, of
1: content that is no longer um, necessary anymore. Unfortunately, what do you mean? <laughs> that, was, that was more of a joke. But, that, but that's oh, something oh. that's something that I want to get into with him of like, you know, a, a lot of content is either going to is gonna have to pivot greatly or you know it's its existence is not necessary right now type of thing uh,
0: but he's he's been over the last year working on a book um, that is all based in Atlanta um, so him and I have hung out here together so he has a pretty distinct understanding of the city um, as like an outsider um, mm-hmm. and also I think just the 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 voter suppression like Atlanta is just a really A really important place right now um Mm -hmm. beyond beyond giving the world the greatest rap music of in history it's it's also a a Mm -hmm. um hotly contested political arena right now um which i think is uh is interesting and just obviously anything in the south especially in a major city like this is is incredibly racially charged Mm -hmm. um So so fans
1: of atlanta this is your episode Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I just thought it was interesting that we had Joe scheduled, yeah. and, and you know, this happened. It's just, it's interesting because I, I do think that someone that's been kind of in the trenches and like spending, you know, embedding himself with someone like Little Baby, mm-hmm. um, is is like has a very distinct view of of the city that I don't have as a person who's born and raised here. You, you know, mm-hmm. it's just two different, it's two different things. But anyway. I mean, it's it's just a lot going on right now, obviously, and continues to go on. So, um,
1: but and you are also in ATL right now as we speak, more or less. I'm I'm in the a
0: yeah mm. I'm in Decatur I'm in Decatur where it's greater mm. um, as as we speak. How, how far uh, been, of a
1: drive is that to Atlanta? Sorry,
0: I mean Decatur. It is Atlanta. It's right. it's uh, it, it's its own city, but it's I mean you know 15 It's like, minutes. Like maybe. saying
1: Silver Lake is in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah, mm. so. Um, I've been here since Thursday, um, which has been pretty nice, actually. Uh, I, I didn't. Uh, being stationary feels good after ten days on the road. hmm okay. Um, but Solid I, ground. I found a a weird gym that is that was pre set up for social distancing, mm-hmm. and, and it's 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 really changed the course of my day.
1: So what is what is the most glaring crazy part about the social distancing setup?
0: No, that's the thing. So it's it's called Atlanta Barbell, and it's basically only. It's a giant like warehouse with garage doors, and it has squat racks and benches that are basically six feet apart, and it has eighteen of them in rows. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you have your own. So you have your own. So it's area like getting
1: within. a cabana in at the club. Exactly, it's it's literally getting a section, but you have
0: your own. <laughs> Shit. So it, it's got weight. It's incredible. Like it's really, it's really built for this, and it's like. The kind of situation where you basically just pay for a week or whatever, and then you get a barcode on your phone you scan mm-hmm. in. It, it's really, it's really made me very happy.
1: So this is like you and your friends getting a, a, a racquetball court for a few hours, so you can all pump together.
0: Exactly, that's literally right. I mean, the people in there are definitely freaks. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, today there's a guy in there that pulled up that had straight edge tattoos and uh a red tesla and an x swatch on and i'm like this is not the kind of person i ever want to interact with as,
1: as as long as i live and you didn't know um, him
0: exactly that's the other thing i'm like i went to your hood and they didn't know you bro that's so that's how you
1: know you're getting old where were
0: you when i was i mean you i didn't see you you weren't under the couch in two, the 2001 i know you weren't <laughs> um anyway uh yeah, so I've, I've been in Atlanta, um, uh, and I will be here for the foreseeable... Not foreseeable future, but for a while,
1: you know? For a minute.
0: Yeah, for a couple weeks.
1: And your parents are still out of town?
0: No, my parents are here. They're leaving on Thursday, so Big CB's got the house to himself, baby. Wow, it's Home Alone 3. Risky business in this bitch. Um, wow, what will, can
1: one person do the least amount of, of trouble? You know? <laughs> yeah, I
0: literally... Literally, I'm going to watch TV in a different room. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, but that's he might that's have a soda. Yeah, I might. I could have a ginger ale once, once a week, maybe to <laughs> s- settle the tummy. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, let me let me give Joe a call. Yes, please. All right, later. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason.
1: BetterHelp. You know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So, for maybe the first half of our suite sessions, we're spent off obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, (laughs) car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And uh, sure, sure. Yeah. So, uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists you get one that you really like you guys are gossiping you guys are chit chatting you guys are talking about your personal interests next thing you know it's time to actually do the work so it feels good building those uh mental health relationships with people you actually like and on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from
0: i don't like anyone if you're thinking of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, slash howlong. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health,
1: r-a-f-o-l i got raf on the nut dot <laughs> com promo code how long that's neutrophil dot com promo code how long
2: yo what
0: up how's it going man it's going how are you king i'm all
3: right uh are we doing this on audio or video uh we do it on we do it
0: on audio
1: although okay. your video feed is very new york right now so we'll <laughs> it, it really is so it's oh, hitting for wow. both of us <laughs>
0: Neither of you are in New York. Mm
2: -mm. Uh,
0: No, Jason lives in Los Angeles, but he's currently in Lake Arrowhead, and I am in Atlanta. Right. Uh, You, have you stayed in New York the whole time?
3: Uh, The state, but not the city. Um, (laughs) Where did you go upstate? Yeah, we spent two months in Rhinebeck uh, with another couple, um, our friends Allison and Leon. Um, in a in a house up there, so that was a strange sleepaway camp experience.
1: Two months is a long time with a whole other family.
3: Yeah, and dogs, two dogs.
1: Hmm. Also, Why? two months in Rhinebeck has a nice like A twenty four film title ring <laughs> Yeah,
0: it does. Yes, it does. It really does. I uh, I was it like cute and quaint, or did you want to get out of there like after two weeks?
2: Uh,
3: it was. Cute and quaint for the most part. Um, Alice and I both are, were working on books, uh, so it was good to like have another person there to like keep in check uh, yeah. and like compare word count with at the end of the day. Um, and Damn, I just, love.
0: Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the new dick measuring contest. We're doing a word count. We're, yeah, who,
3: who did the yeah. most today? We tried to do like a we tried to do fifteen hundred word days, and then would just sort of like beyond the other if you know we just spent it procrastinating or like Twiddling with like two sentences over and over again, you know.
0: I love that. I love that. That's what you and your friends do, while me and my friends are literally talking about like weightlifting and running. I'm I'm glad to see that some of us are doing mental gymnastics, while others are only physical. Yeah, well, Carrie, you know, Carrie, my girlfriend,
3: she she did the she did the exercising and the knitting
0: uh, for the
3: house, uh, and while we were writing, and then we have one podcaster, so we covered all the bases. Damn.
1: Okay. Now this is a this is a Portlandia sketch at this point. Walk walk me through the. (laughs) natural wine selection going on in this household uh it was actually a lot of bud light i would say wow that's cool that's cooler than i expected that's a curveball i will be honest
3: yeah we're a cheap beer family
1: so you Um, said but you're back now in new york
3: yeah so i was on four months of book leave which weirdly really neatly lined up with the entire world being shut down um so i was gone february 1st to june 1st from the times and we were in Rhinebeck, you know, from like most, uh, from like the end of March, I guess, uh, through j- till like June 1st, when I started back uh, on my day job.
1: I, I think yeah, you're the I'm first back. person I've talked to who's been on book leave. Uh, ever. Ever maybe? I mean, I just don't really hear about it that much. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: Joe. He lives in L.A.
3: You know, what all right, all people,
1: so you People are
0: as smart yeah, there. They don't make
3: books there. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, exactly. no. Well, in in L.A. we we have to make the book, and we have to do our job as well. We don't we don't just get to pay time uh, off. Okay. You know?
3: Well, wait. Well, let me rewind. They don't make books with words there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the the photos are bomb, though, dude. You have to give me that. <laughs>
3: yes. There are a lot of books with glossy yeah, pages, let's but just not say, a lot of uh, them yeah. with let's just say, black and white.
1: <laughs> our board meetings are a little different over here. Um, yeah. There's a
0: picture do of you, the board. Do, do you feel like you wasted your your, your book leave because the world ended and you could have just done it anyway? You got paid to like, free? That's a I For free? mean, I don't actually. I think
3: it weirdly worked out perfectly because there were no distractions so like everyone was trapped in the house but i was trapped in the house like with a task you yeah. know and i think like that really like there was n- literally nothing else i could have been doing you know so like to have sat around and done nothing and wasted that would have been like a kill have shot you heard or, of like... social media
1: because that's, been, <laughs> that's that's ruined our lives
3: but that was the other thing is like i ended up having to be very diligent like i deleted instagram deleted uh Dang. twitter from my phone and i just i actually just tweeted about this but i got my screen time under an hour uh average per day
1: Dang. oh i didn't know we oh, had yeah. marie kondo on the pod today <laughs>
3: yeah
0: i I, I I broke a world record of ten hours last week. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, so,
3: I was way more proud of my screen time than of the actual words I was writing. But yeah, they are they are directly correlated. And like sometimes on like a Sunday or whatever, I would put Twitter and Instagram back on my phone and like spend you know two hours maybe like just numbing my brain and on social media. And then I would like have like a crick in my neck or like my shoulders would ache. And I would be like, at night I would be like, why do I feel worse? And I was like, Oh, it's because I'm like back to scrolling and like letting the world,
0: Make me angry, basically. Damn, when the doom the doom scroll affects you physically and mentally,
1: though. who knew? You may I have mean, fucked around and inspired me to delete off the phone. I gotta say, I think
0: like just try, like just try, just it try. Just try it. Like,
1: well, it, now that now that Instagram is available on desktop, no problem. I think I will try it
3: yeah I mean, you know, I would do like a morning check and a night check sometimes like before or after I started writing on the, on you know on the web, but it's not as fun like you don't get this the mm-hmm. mindless feeling of the thumb scroll, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like I don't know, but like yes, and now that I'm back at like six hours a day on my phone or whatever, like. Everything hurts. Like, I just, I I can't get anything done. Everything hurts, like, in my soul,
0: in my neck, in my back. Like, you guys can can play your little games. I'm trying to get up to 11 hours. You guys, you guys, guys, that's cute. You guys have your little.
1: It sounds like you need to try some CBD, bro. I mean, I say this a lot, but (laughs) CBD sounds really good for your situation right now.
3: Uh, Chris, do you look at number of pickups? You know, like the phone also counts like how many times you pick it up. And, like, oh, Yeah, no, on. Uh, no, like,
1: no, that's, a, no. I don't want to know that's that. That's a thing, no. I did not know that.
3: Yeah, if you go deep in the, you know, when it gives you the screen Data. time stats. Yeah, if you go deep in that, you can see, like it tells you, you know, it, what percentage you're spending on what apps and also like how many p- phone pickups you have.
1: And you can use yeah. that to see if Bay is checking on you when you're in the shower too. Right.
0: You're like, wait, that doesn't seem like my pickup. (laughs) (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I had 47 before I shower. That's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) I did not know that. That the problem is, is that I don't want the data, but they're giving us so much. I just don't want it. Like I don't want it. I don't think people. I don't think anybody really wants it. Uh,
3: I want it. I need it to keep me in check. But you see, Chris, this is what I don't understand because you're such a man of uh curbing appetites in <laughs> yeah, yeah. other in other fields but not you just social media every day a great is a transition, cheat, a cheat day say. for you every
0: day is a cheat day every, well this is all i have bro i mean okay. that's the thing it's like between exercise and social media i would say those are my only two outlets it's more you know of a more of
1: a coping day than a cheat day
0: yeah but i i don't i also consider and this might be delusional of me, but I consider Twitter to be kind of part of my job. You know what I mean? I mean, Um, I do too, which is why I was only able to do it when I wasn't doing my job. Yeah. So I think I've, I think I've compartmentalized that Instagram to me is more just like, I I can't help myself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Who can like, I I mean, I don't think anybody can. And it's not like, especially right now, the content is not good. Like as far as like, it's, it's information that I can get somewhere else in a better format and like mm-hmm. a more in-depth way
2: mm-hmm.
1: but all, but a lot of people hate Twitter and don't use it, so we're we we get all of the actual information from Twitter and then it's regurgitated and reposted on Instagram for those who don't. So I guess that's yeah. beneficial.
0: yeah, no, that, I mean that's true.
3: I discovered this crazy thing while I was mostly off social media, which is a newspaper. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like, you can just read the newspaper in nah, the morning No, newspapers are out, I, dog. Pretty <laughs>
0: much, that's a vibe. Newspapers are out, dog. But I mean, <laughs> <That's> most,
1: don't <laughs> most people get their news from Twitter nowadays? I mean, at oh, least, def- yes, you know. Yes,
0: definitely, yes. The, I, the side door,
1: yeah. the
3: side door to content.
0: I mean, I think that, like, it is – I'm interested to know now with with all these paywalls if if, if the Twitter new as the news source is helping as much. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of the stuff – you see it and you're interested and you click and you can't read it unless you pay for right. for a handful of things that, like, really matter. Right. Because um, I think with at least coronavirus, a lot of people took the paywall off. I don't think with I, – I don't think with – um you know, undoing racism. I don't think they've come around to, to mm-hmm. letting that content fly. Right. Um, which is interesting, actually, because I, I, I feel like it's even more interesting than coronavirus. And, so I, and as important. Yeah, as important. More, but, I mean, for sure. But that's something I want to talk to you about, too, Joe, because of – of I and I said this on the introduction, but, you know, you have a very interesting connection to Atlanta, which is uh, – <clears throat> A, a big thing happening right now a uh, big a big story um obviously they killed richard books um the, the voter suppression um it's just the police chief quit there's all this shit going on in Atlanta yeah um she I'm, up, bottoms up for VP exactly and I'm from I'm from here and I'm white as hell so I know what I my understanding of it is one thing but I think it would be, be helpful if you could explain what your book is about and what you've been working on and why you've spent so much time here.
3: Yeah, so my parents moved to Atlanta when I was a teenager. Um, when I graduated high school, they moved uh, to the suburbs, like, north of the city. Uh, my sister went to high school there. Uh, and so I started spending time there, you know, as, a, as an older teenager, like, I was, you know, coming home from college and stuff, and I have other family that lives there as well. Uh, and you know, I had always been—I grew up in Florida, so I grew up in the in the South, but like so far south that it's not even really the South anymore. Uh, you know, like Orlando, Florida, not exactly a bastion of any kind of culture, even Southern culture. Uh, so Atlanta was always like, you know, the capital of anything in my youth, especially because. You know, I'm I'm born in the late '80s. Like, I grew up on rap music. I grew up on Southern rap music specifically. Uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, basically. You know, I, I when I like go, I've gone to like speak at colleges in Atlanta, and they're like, "What do what you like? How'd you get into how'd you get into rap music?" Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, I know, who, I knew who Juvenile was before I knew who Biggie was. Like, literally, you know, like that's just that's wild. That, that's just like what growing up in Florida was at that time. Um, so. You know, I had this job at The Times for about five years now. I cover the music industry, specifically, you know, youth culture, popular music. So I found myself in Atlanta a lot for work. Um, And so, you know, starting about three years ago, I was just reporting very heavily in Atlanta and I got the opportunity Um, based on a few stories that I'd written to try to turn that into a larger nonfiction project. Um, The editor who did Gucci Man's autobiography reached out to me and was sort of like, would you want to do a a wider portrait of music in the city, specifically rap music? Um, So I basically have spent the last two, three years traveling down there every chance I get, you know, living there for stretches with uh, some family, uh, and following sort of young artists who are trying to make it in rap today. Um, so I've just spent, you know, countless hours in studios, just riding around in cars, just like, uh, you know, music video shoots, interviewing everyone from, you know, uh, Migos and sort of the big, the big names in the city, uh, you know, spent some time with Stankonia, and you know, street execs and all all the studios, um, but then also with kids sort of like uh, a rung or two below that who are using the blueprint of that city to try to make art and try to make their life art, you know? Um, So, and then, you know, I've also spent time in the clubs, obviously, the strip clubs, talking to DJs, managers, just like trying to paint the full picture of a music scene, you know, because I feel like a lot of people think of atlanta as this rap capital but they don't think of it as a music scene and it is a music scene it's like everybody knows each other everybody grew up together one artist puts another artist on and it's like it's this it's just this very distinct family tree and you can trace from you know la and outcast through everything that's happening today even if you don't hear it in the songs uh, yeah. automatically but it's like there is like a one-to-one connection. Everybody came from somebody else directly. Um, and so I've just, you know, I've been sort of immersed in that world, um, spending a lot of time with people born and raised there uh, and just trying to, you know, collect as much information as I can and sort of tell these stories that I feel like don't get told beyond the surface level.
0: Um, and in, in spending that time here and I think this is something that, that people uh, you know, say but don't maybe understand they've never been here. Atlanta is both like a southern city, which in yep. most people's minds means like white racist, and it's also black Hollywood, for lack of a better term. Um, and those, in and, and all your work here and all your time here, I I'm, imagine you find those things to be very separate. Very separate. It is an extremely
3: segregated city uh, still, even like it, this is what I always try to explain to people. It's like it's like the blackest city in like the whitest state. you know, it's like a blue city in a red state. It's like it's just this collision of so many things. and it is it's both extremely diverse and extremely segregated. And that's on both racial lines and class lines. You know what I mean? Like, you have this, you know, you have this black mecca, as it's called, because of, you know, generations of, you know, historically black colleges and universities and Fortune 500 companies and black political leadership dating back to the 60s and 70s. Uh, And then you still have this sort of black underclass that's been pushed to the margins by a lot of the things that made Atlanta what it is uh you know you think of something like the olympics Yeah, uh, you think of them tearing down all the public housing like and you sort of you know you have this uh this disenfranchised class of people even within a city where black people are thriving uh and they're the ones making some of the most urgent art and music you know these people who have sort of been forgotten even by a city that is uh famous for
0: sort of nurturing its uh black roots and black talent and black leadership. Yeah, I think that I, I think I like I said I think that's something people just don't really understand or realize. Yeah. Um, which is which in some ways makes sense because obviously the, the stuff that gets glamorized is not that. That's not no one wants to talk about that. That's not no, yes. interesting. Um but southern cities in general a lot of them have that vibe. I think here it's it's pronounced because there is money. You know it's not it's totally. not it's not um it's different, but I, I, don't, I mean, when you've been, cause you've spent time with a lot of these guys and, and, and in these studios and in these neighborhoods and these clubs. And it, it does feel like they operate, they kind of operate out in their own worlds. Like they have a full ecosystem that they're operating in and fun and, and not funneling money into, but, but like spending with each other almost, totally. right? You totally. know what I mean?
3: And I think, you know, I, I had a conversation with Jermaine Dupree about this. Uh, you know, obviously he was born and raised there. His father was in the music industry and he basically said, like, we are what we are here in Atlanta and in music because like no white people could, could ever tell me anything. You know, he was like, he was like, I didn't grow up around white people trying to keep me down because I was only surrounded by black people, basically, you know, and you can do that there. Uh, and it's, and yet, then you see these clashes, you know, in a neighborhood like Buckhead or something, which, yeah. you know, has gone through these phases where it was the sort of old boy, you know, uh, Dixie, you know, sort of loafers and khakis area. Hey, and hey, then, look, my,
0: my culture is not your costume. Yeah, yeah,
3: no shots. No shots. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, you, you have periods in the late 90s or even in the early 2000s when it became like a hub of black nightlife, you know, yeah. and then. And then you 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 see the sort of the white flight happen. You see uh, you know overly aggressive policing, and you know the clubs used to be open until four a.m. in like the toniest, whitest suburbs, you know. And then something like Ray Lewis happens. Something like you know some of the B.M.F. stuff, the big meat stuff happens, and then they just completely wipe that out. And like again, like push the sort of the the thriving black middle and lower class back out. Uh, to to
0: the suburbs and to you know
2: basically
0: there, areas where they're resegregated. There's no I and in my mind, or at least from what I can tell, the, the only reason for that is just systemic racism. I mean, there's no there's no other real way to pin that on like one shooting involving a football player should not decimate an entire right industry that is thriving and make that i mean i was here for that there was a lot of money being made and it was it was um it was a thing you know what i mean it was like it was like a time and like there was a lot of places making a lot of money um and nightclubs have their own problems white or black obviously with drugs and crime being around them um but i i don't see any other reason for that in a city that like you said has black leader historically has black leadership Yeah.
3: I mean, there's been a, you know, there, there's a lot of great writing on this, obviously from people who, who know the city way better than I do. People who have grown up there, you know, sort of, uh, black academics. There's this book, uh, Legend of the Black Mecca, um, by this guy, Maurice Hobson, which I've found like extremely, uh, instructive in thinking about these things and, you know, how class operates, uh, in a place, in a place like this. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's so entrenched, even still, even though you have a black mayor, you know, you you still see, you know, you've had black mayors going all the way back, uh, you know, to Maynard Jackson. Like, it's yeah. just, I mean, it's, it's, that doesn't mean that everybody is being cared for,
0: you know? No, for sure. I mean, I, no, absolutely not. I mean, do you think that this stuff... um well, I mean, you know what happened this weekend uh, doesn't surprise me for many reasons. You know what I mean, because that's obviously happening everywhere. Yep. I think the and Jason, and I talked about this a little bit, but the just kind of like the fact that that happened right now should should shock me more. <laughs> like you kn- you know that you're in a historically po- like black city, and you know that all eyes are on the police. So, like, to me, it is, it it shouldn't shock me, but it does in some ways, and I I just can't, I'm having a hard time reckoning
3: the whole thing, really, you know? I I mean, I've eaten at that Wendy's, you know what I mean? Like, I I went there a few months ago, like, after, you know, a really long day of reporting in, in South Carolina, and, you know, it was probably, like... 1030 or something, and I just, like, needed a bathroom and a frosty, uh, and, you know, I, like, sat there and ate by myself, like, right, just right where you now see, you know, the embers, basically, of this Wendy's, um, and, you know, I'm curious to see sort of how the arts, leadership in the black community sort of changes their tone because of this. You know, like if you think back to when these protests first started and you had Taylor Mike and TI sort of appearing alongside, you know, Mayor Bottom, then, you know, urging people not to, you know, not to loot and not to turn to violence. And that was sort of successful to some regard.
0: I've seen a lot of blowback about that. Yeah.
3: I mean, there was definitely, there was definitely blowback, but I mean, even if you think of someone like little baby who, you know, grew up in Southwest Atlanta, you know, not far from where all this, uh, happened and he, he put out that song on Friday, uh, called the bigger picture. And he's sort of, you know, I mean, there's nobody more important, uh, yeah, in the in Atlanta music, than Lil Baby right now. Like, I'm sure you hear it on the streets. Like, he's just the he's just yeah. he's just the king of everything, and it's been that way, you know, the last probably year and a half. But that song was really, it, I found it to be very moving because it was uh, ambivalent in places and like a bit conciliatory. Like, you know, he was he's obviously speaking strongly against the law enforcement that he's had personal experience with, but also saying like. Not everyone is bad. Like we have to, you know, come together and raise our city up, and then, you know, days later, hours later, you get uh, a black man shot in the back, uh, and I just wonder, sort of, how now his tone maybe switches, uh, you know, and and the and, and these rappers, uh, you know, they they're community leaders in addition to. A hundred percent. To being musicians.
0: And I think that's why people were were upset, or, or at least vocal, about the Killer Mike and T.I. shit, is they're basically like, look, these guys are talking about looting. Like, we don't really give a fuck about that. Like, I don't... Yeah. And Killer Mike, like, big up in cops and his family and shit. It's like, I don't want to hear this. Like, that's not what we need right now.
3: I mean, it's really it's really complicated. And you saw, it, like, T.I. was out there uh, yesterday, I think, like, after yeah, protests and stuff. and And he's... But he is so far from where he started. You know, he's a he's a business owner. He is extremely wealthy, and he's been that way for many years. And you see this sort of push and pull of people who both want his leadership and people who are like, "This isn't about you," you know. Uh, and I sort of, I think, I wonder how guys like that will respond to like what Chappelle said in his special. You know, which was sort of like, "You guys are driving." Like, mm-hmm. I know this is not about. This is not about me, you know. This is about like a younger generation sort of taking to the streets and doing what needs to be done. Yeah. And I'm gonna like sit back.
0: I'm I'm a known Chappelle. Like I'm not. I just find I thought all that stuff in the last couple of years was pretty lackluster. That shit was the that was about as good as he could be. I thought. I mean, you know, he's a he's a
3: master communicator, and like sometimes he only has to say like one word or make yeah. one face. And he can, you know, impart more wisdom in that than most people can do in an hour and a half. Uh, so obviously, he's just like the, you know, the most vital voice. I feel like uh, at a, at a time like this. So it was nice for him to like pop his head up and do that. I thought. But I
0: do, I do think that's interesting what you said about little baby, though. As far as like someone of of that generation making. Maybe even something non musical. You, you know what I mean? Like actually yeah. like making a statement statement or doing not maybe a press conference is the wrong thing, but something a little more like, no, nah, fuck this. Like I'm going to say it very directly with no beat. Like, I'm going to say it to you so it's very clear where I stand, and it cannot yeah. be confused.
3: I mean, I think seeing him, you know, like, in the protests on a bike, like, in a Black Lives Matter shirt, like, that was, that was meaningful. Yeah. And I think, like, he's, he's just, like, coming into being comfortable with that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, I think, like, in the coming days, weeks, years, like, you're going to see guys like that. Uh, you know, I mean, even someone like 21 Savage, who grew up there and, you know, has sort of turned his whole thing to being about like financial literacy and school drives and putting guns down. And, you know, like, I think there's like a next generation of leadership that's like
0: ready to sort of step up. I don't think people understand how important that actually is because I I think that that's part of the reason that rap music especially has always been so you know, like white people fighting it almost in ways is because they think it's about something. They, they have this idea that's it's only about these few things that they see as right? Um, right. And, and obviously anybody who listens to it understands that's not true and it's a bigger thing than that. It's much deeper. But I do think that in a time like this, it would be important for these young guys to kind of make statements and really step up because I do think that there's a lot of people that are like, I don't give a fuck what T.I. and Killer Mike have to say. Right. Like, they don't – those guys, they feel old to me. They don't feel relevant to me. Right. And as somebody who covers celebrities,
3: you know, for a living, like, I'm not one to usually say, like, I don't really care what famous people have to say about current events most yeah. of the time. But it's different in Atlanta rap because these guys are so of their communities. You know, they're yeah. they 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 born and raised there. They stay there. They – invest in businesses there you know what i mean they're they are civic leaders in a way that i think a lot of people can't
0: understand and it's different than like gal gadot like singing imagine on her, <laughs> yeah, on her, yeah, yeah. phone. you know what I but mean? you're right it is it is that's something interesting to talk about too is that they don't i think if you're an actor or even a, a musician in a rock band you move to new york or la you know yeah. that's like what you do and I, I do think you, 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 might have a house in LA, but you stay in Atlanta. Like it's important to stay in Atlanta and it's almost like, kind of like understood that's what's going to happen.
3: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a city worth investing in. So I think it's, you know, it's important that, that these guys stick around and sort of raise up generations under them. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. lot to think about here. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's intense. I mean, I, w- I, w- I want to be there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, jeal- I'm jealous of you right now. Um, just to sort of, because you can, like you said, you can sort of drive in neighborhoods where it seems like nothing's happening. And then you take a few exits and you're in like a totally different world. Uh, and I think people don't appreciate that uh, about a city. Like, it, it's, it's, it's
0: not like New York uh, because it's so spread out. Yeah, no, it's very different. I mean, I went to I went to Linux yesterday, bro, and it was like – and it's just like a full motion picture. This shit is packed like it's a regular Saturday. But the corona thing is interesting because here it seems like the – at the mall, it was the black community and Trumpers. That yeah. who was at the mall. Yeah. And, and like half of them are wearing masks, half of them aren't. And then, you know, as soon as the sun goes down, they evacuate the mall. And because they're scared of a riot. It's just such a, it's such a, like the mall is fully open. Everybody's buying shit. And then two hours later, it's a police state.
3: I mean, it's a perfect microcosm of America in that sense. You know what I mean? Like there's not a more, there's not a more representative city because you have both of those things
0: happening at once simultaneously at all times, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. You're right. You're absolutely right. Well, where are you with the book? uh you know, I have a lot of work to do uh,
1: <laughs> how uh, how has what is uh, has been going on the last couple of months going to change your book or or will it
3: I I don't know I don't know that's a great question. I mean, I turned in a huge chunk uh, at the end of my leave and you know I'm sort of waiting to hear back on that while continuing to work through parts you know that I haven't done the last time I was there was late February so right before Corona hit um and I was sort of thinking about, that being like a, a bit of a clean ending because it, you know, everything changed basically yeah, after yeah. February, 2020. But now,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know, now I have to rethink that because uh, of everything going on. No, I
0: think this is going to be a really a difficult time for people that were in the middle of stuff, especially something like this, where it like obviously Corona, but, but more, more accurately, these murders have, yeah. have it can't be ignored in a book like this. Yeah, definitely.
1: Unless you, you know. write a second book. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I go, mean, go ahead and go ahead and sell a Just the like the Bible, you know, you have the you have the BC and the <laughs> AD. You can do that for this as well. I I,
0: I hope
3: I hope to never write a book again. <laughs> 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 I, I, I hope to you know spend the next year or whatever it takes finishing this one, and then maybe uh, find a new
0: line of work. <laughs> are you are you feeling are you feeling a little spread thin, Joe? Uh,
1: I'm just maybe yeah. you got a little too used to being a content creator
2: and. <laughs> I,
3: <laughs> I've just you know I've been making content for a decade now, yeah. and it's it's tough. And you know I've also like I've I've sort of switched in the last year or two to making a lot of like video and stuff, and that's like a whole other game. Uh, and I just don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. Well,
1: maybe how do you think um, now that you've been separated from content creating for a few months on your on your book leave? You know how are you going to come back and have the content that you create? be different or will it be different
3: i mean it's really hard to figure out as somebody and I'm asking that
1: as a personal question yeah because I, don't, <laughs> I don't know and i don't think anybody knows and it's really interesting to see everybody kind of dip their toe in the in the pool and see what works and not really committing to anything etc cetera, et cetera.
3: yeah i mean as somebody who covers culture and entertainment and celebrities like it's mm-hmm. really hard to feel like anything I can do right now matters, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sort of like, I'm using this time, you know, as a a white person from a place of privilege at an elite institution to sort of just like shut up a little bit Mm -hmm. and take a step back. And, you know, I don't think it matters. Like, I don't think the Lady Gaga album matters, you know, (laughs) like it's just like, it's just impossible to think that, like but people people
1: people get you know healing entertainment and, and escapism from the content that you make, so you know I yeah. think, you know and also people who are you know fighting as a part of the revolution and the changing world, yeah, so I you feel know you like can just alter whatever content dist- you're making,
3: yeah, I mean distraction and counter programming and stuff right now it's just not the time for it, you know yeah. i don't wanna I don't wanna give people a break, I want people to focus
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so no, I'm that's just, fair. You know, I'm trying to sort of cover how this stuff is going to affect the music industry in the long run. And, you know, continue to sort of try to elevate voices and stories that I feel like are not often covered by a place like the New York Times. Um, But it's also just about giving people who are doing the real work like space to do that, you know?
1: Yeah, I I, I was more talking about like maybe a, a younger generation than us who sort of rely on you know, video content as a source of, you know, recharging in meditation or en- escape from their anxieties or whatever, which would allow them to maybe be a better person on the on the front lines of a movement, perhaps?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you see the way that sort of young reporters are covering this stuff for you know, just or young civilians who aren't even reporters who maybe don't even think of what they're doing as reporting. but mm-hmm. like, you know, cell phone video, Instagram content, the sort of, you know, the, the calls to action we've seen across these social media platforms, the sort of creative uses of TikTok and whatever to string
0: together, like footage yeah. of police
3: brutality, like all of that shit is, you know, inspiring.
0: So we can't expect 8,000 words about Lady Antebellum's name change from you then?
1: I mean, you know. Keep Lady, a, lady I, a name out of your mouth, Chris.
3: <laughs> I'm just, I'm a little bit, you know, these sort of cosmetic changes that some of these, uh, you know, famous people or, or corporations or whatever are doing. Like, it's just, it's hard not to be cynical about that stuff. Um, so, I, I you think, know. You know, I, I I wrote about Lady Antebellum briefly, but let's uh, <laughs> we'll we'll just you know we can move on. That's behind think, the paywall. I, I don't man. think they have. I don't think they have much to say. Right?
0: I, now. They definitely they don't. And more importantly, no one really cares what they have yeah, to say. I no think, one. No one cares.
3: It's you just know. like he, you know, if if you really went uh, a decade and a half uh, not realizing
0: that Lady Antebellum was a, a sus name, then like I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that actually though, music related, but I think country music might actually be the thing that will be affected most besides hip hop genre wise
1: <sighs> because it know, is man. so racist or
0: well unless they choose to ignore it but i feel like it's 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 grown enough and has it's so popular now and there yeah. is a, a generation of people who aren't like yellow truck confederate flag types that yeah. it could it could i'm sure the establishment does not want to see this happen but i feel like it it is ripe for it
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this, but basically in Nashville, there's been a spreadsheet, like a Google spreadsheet going around. That's just basically a list of every single major country music musician. And it's sort of cataloging whether or not they've said Black Lives Matter or addressed George Floyd or, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of all this stuff. And you see the, you know, you see the blacks next to some of these big names. And then you also see people like stepping up and trying to, Mm -hmm. trying to use their platform to do something. And again, like I don't think celebrities are the most important thing right now, but it is interesting that Nashville, at least like a younger generation so of it, it yeah. is sort of like policing response to this. Policing mm-hmm. may be a bad term, but, you know, sort of yeah. tracking who's saying what.
1: and Held, you know, Holding I mean, them accountable, whereas yeah. people kind of look the other way since the dawn of time. I mean, and also, you know, the world of NASCAR, you know, totally. the, a younger generation is really yeah. changing. Something that seemed like it would never change, you know?
3: I'm suspicious that something that has such a, you know, when you think of Nashville and like the stranglehold they have on country music, you know, they still care about radio, like everything moves slowly. There's like a few, a handful of program directors who basically make the whole industry tick. Like, do I think they're going to let this lead to any lasting change? Like, probably not. Like, why mess with the country club when it's working so well for the the few of them that mm-hmm. it's working for uh so you know i just i find myself very cynical i guess from covering the entertainment industry for so many years that like mm-hmm. there's going to be any lasting change in some of these uh you know siloed uh, uh i would niches, well, that's the
1: but... wrong attitude to have my friend
3: <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm, yeah i'm not an optimist When i it mean comes we're to taking people. down
1: you know weinstein all these people it, it could trickle down and also these old country gatekeepers are just going to die off soon
0: <laughs> that's that's more that's more that is guaranteed at least. But I do think that celebrity, though, as a person, and you both know this about me, I fucking love celebrities. Yeah, um,
3: and as do I.
0: And this is not the time. I agree, but we got to remember that most of America and the world are dumb dumps. So mm,
1: if, yes, yes. if
0: if if you are on the fence about being a racist for some reason, and your favorite singer or actor. Uh, or musician or whatever comes out against it and that makes you look inward and think about it more deeply i i mean that's positive you you know what i mean
3: yeah, i guess you're right i just hope that people would read less of lady antebellum's instagram and more books you know just like yes but a, but, a, but a i think book. we're
1: we're I a think... long ways past books my friend <laughs> yeah but <laughs> books, i think books that... is gone
0: books <laughs> books been over sorry to tell you but <laughs> i i just think yeah. you know, i i think that Uh, People our age will. I think that a 20-year-old who might not know better and doesn't read much to begin with, I don't think it's going to be Lady Antebellum maybe, but my point being that a, a, a spark coming from something. I guess is yeah. My Lady
1: point. A, Lady A could be a stepping stone to them discovering, you know, an evanescence or some a, a band with a, a stronger message, perhaps.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, I hope you guys are right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give more credit to the people who are like in the streets than
0: the people. Oh, who are oh, I'll on definitely the, on their pages. I'll definitely give credit to people in the streets. My thing is what you run into in the south, or like when I was, because you know, I had a big discussion with my parents when I got home. Right, my mm-hmm. parents are both. Early '60s conservative, born and raised in the South. You know, Mm -hmm. never, never left Atlanta. Both of them, not maybe not surprised me, but they were basically like, "Oh yeah, fuck this. We we ain't fucking with Trump. We ain't fucking with racists. That was a murder." Blah blah blah. The thing my parents and most parents I think have a hard time with is the looting, you know, and the and the -hmm. the riots, and not understanding that that's kind of what it took for people to notice. It's not like. It's that's not, because
1: they get they still get their news from the television and not from Twitter or yeah I mean that's or the a, or the beautiful New York Times but what but yeah. my point
0: my point being is that like if that it's like there's so many reasons for people to resist you know or or like or or find something to not understand you know that that's what I'm saying and, oh, and even yeah, though yeah. the the conversation, with my parents being ninety percent positive, and same thing with my when I stopped in Nashville and saw some of my old Southern friends, guys that have some have lived in New York, some are you know some haven't, but these are guys I grew up with, they're all with it too. They're all like with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, but but there are going to be things. Everybody's not going to just be like fully on board with burning a city down. They don't understand that there's a positive there.
3: I mean, I just think, you know, the, the way that social media is poison for our generation and anyone younger, like cable news is that like times 10 for, yeah, you know, true. people of our parents' generation. And, you know, you mm-hmm. saw the coverage of the protests stopped basically once, uh, you just know, peaceful. the Rolex store. Yeah. got stopped getting smashed. Like, it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's some bullshit
0: basically.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Thank you for summing it up. That's yeah. it. All right. Thanks Joe. Thanks for yeah, having us. Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, I I agree. But I think those conversations and, like, you know, I'm about to go see my my sister and and her husband and, like, his parents are here, you know what I mean? And they're from Mm -hmm. Tennessee. I just, you know, it's like this shit is just going to happen. And these people aren't – you're just not going to agree and you're going to have to talk about it, which I think is maybe the first time this is ever – I've ever felt that in my life.
3: I mean, but that's work also for people like you like us. You know, it is like like shutting up, listening – learning but also talking to people like that's you know that's
0: real yeah because twitter i mean my fucking my shit is a a complete echo chamber no yes. one no one you know what i mean they get more right. mad they get more mad about me not liking frank ocean you know what i'm saying it's like <laughs> they don't give a fuck they don't they're they're fully on board with burning down the city but me not fucking frank ocean is a cancelable offense you know so it's like taking it to the to the streets for lack of for lack of a better term mm, is the, the most disabled. important
1: yeah,
0: yeah, take it to the dinner table, uh, man. But everyone well, what, has a
1: job on the team. You guys, even podcasters. That's true.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what What are you guys gonna do with Diary of a Song right now?
3: Yeah. So, you know, Diary of a Song is my little New York Times, uh, video YouTube series. Uh, and that's the one thing that I kept doing while I was on book leave. So they sent me like a mobile kit. So that's because you're uh, a superstar,
0: baby. They mm-hmm. can't let that shit. They can't, when he goes Hollywood, they can't go back. Yeah. I you're mean, you're hey.
1: the Brad Leone of the New York Times, bro. Oh, wow. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, they can't lose their the, moneymaker. I
3: get it. Let's, let's avoid the Bon Appetit comparisons for now.
1: <laughs> okay. We will avoid, we will avoid the comparisons. Um, as long as we can talk about it later on.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, okay. You know, so we have three episodes sort of in the can that have that are being worked on um, behind the scenes, and you know, we have one that's going to come out next that'll have a little bit of a protest tie-in. Um, you know, for we we did a local rap song. I won't I won't give it away, but
0: um, local to New York or local
3: local to New York. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. You know we sort of hit pause on publishing that for now in you know hopes again that to just let the sort of let the news and the uh and the demonstrations breathe and yeah. let the the important conversations happening mm-hmm. continue to happen without sort of coming in with with some fluff um mm-hmm. but you know we'll I think we'll come back hopefully in a couple of weeks uh based on the temperature of the world, and you know I think like it's still important to cover, you know, the mm-hmm. music that is connecting with young people, and like that can be political in its own way. Um, so we're we're sticking with it. We're just trying to be cautious and aware uh, of how it looks to enter the conversation right now. But you know, we're, we're we're keeping with it. We have we have episodes uh, in the chamber. Well, uh, as a,
0: as a fan, I'm I'm desperately waiting. As you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. That's like. Um... I just think that's the content people really love, you know. I, I appreciate that, it. I think that it's it's so digestible but it's also like you guys, I mean, I've learned a lot personally cuz some of those songs I actually don't know, which right. is both sad to me that I don't know them and but it, 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 it's informative. I actually learn about the artist beyond the song and who wrote it. But I've always been interested in that side of the music business, like I think that this it's I I think that since the dawn of in the last 10-15 years a, a major a, a larger swath of people have started to care about yeah. who's, who's producing songs, who's writing songs, um, and that kind of vene- that sort of secrecy behind it is totally erased. Totally. And and I think it it allows for it's more interesting to hear about it. Like to think that someone can do something that great alone um, is almost insane. <laughs> that right. people that we thought that for so long that like right. oh yeah they just sit down at the guitar they write this
1: song that you know.
3: Some it, it, people it, it, still
1: do it alone, though. I yeah. mean,
3: some some people. I mean, but it's we're we're so far, yeah, from like mm-hmm. the Lennon McCartney era. Yeah. You know it, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, uh, I mean, and. I've basically, I've wanted that, like, that's my whole purpose at the New York Times is to try to, like, pull back the curtain on some of this shit. It's like, why is this the biggest stuff in the world? Who is making it? How is it being marketed? How is it traveling, you know, mm-hmm. through the internet? Like, that, you know, that's the only thing that's interesting to me about I mean, the, this I th- industry.
0: I think the one with, is his name Lil Teca? Lil Teca, yeah. That was real. I mean, that shit to me was so modern and so current in every way. I was just blown away. I'm like, these motherfuckers have never met. They yeah. they like they hadn't <laughs> met. they're they, they were making so much money. It was such a big song and they had never met. That to me is like the most modern and also like scary as a 37 year old man who likes like bands with guitars it's like this is really not your time bro this is not this (laughs) is this this is not the world has officially shifted these motherfuckers ain't even met before
3: yeah you have a bunch of white teenagers making beats in their parents house you have black teenagers finding them on youtube and then all of a sudden it's like taking over the world like that was the little was the
0: little was the little nas x song the same thing
3: yeah, I mean look, this kid the kid who produced that, he's sampling Nine Inch Nails. He didn't even know who Nine Inch Nails was. It's so sick. <laughs> he was in the Netherlands, you know, this kid, Keo, like he was in the Netherlands, <laughs> sampling a band that he 'd never heard of,
0: uh, and all of a sudden it 's the biggest song of all time like that, it's it, not to be corny, but it is like a power of music kind of shit of in, course. In, a, in, in a lot of ways you know of I mean? course the,
3: so not the next episode we have coming out, but the one after that is uh, that 's going to be a Chris black special uh, I, that, that one'm dedicating in advance to you. <laughs> Oh my
0: God! Did you? Oh, I can't even imagine what this is. I don't even. I, I mean, you could probably, if I gave you
1: three guesses, you, got you could probably Swift? guess.
3: But let's just—he <laughs> already got already Taylor did, Swift. We already did Swift.
0: <laughs>
1: Come on, Swift. Jason, catch up, loser! I know, uh, I know. I was tr- that was the first thing to make fun well, of you off well, the top of my head. I'm sorry.
0: They also they already had Dua Lipa too, Jason. Yeah. For you, so, well that true. is an
1: episode that I actually did watch. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, no, I mean, yeah, I'm I mean, saying
1: I didn't. I didn't catch the Taylor but I did catch the duo. Just, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. But I, but like, you, I, I love the series There's something for of everybody. There's something That's impressive. what, that,
0: and that's what I mean. I think that, like, and I, I was this, what was the first one? The first one we did was The Middle. The, uh, that that song I had been listening to nonstop on my exercise playlist, <laughs> and I was so embarrassed about it. And I was like, "Oh, Joe, oh, they fuck with it. All
3: right, well, it's fine." You know, yes. I mean, it's a total, it's a banger. It's, it's like a it's banger.
0: Un- undeniable. It's a. I, I will never. When they don't they use like an axe chop for oh, yeah. Game of Thrones in a sample. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That that is so lame, and <laughs> and just so it's just so crazy to me. But I do you have. Like, are these, are people that you approach, are most people down after they see it or have they heard of it? Or what is your experience most of the
3: time? I mean, it's funny. Now that I can say, like... I can rattle off like, oh, we had Taylor Swift, Lizzo, Rosalia, uh, Lil Nas X, Billie yeah. Eilish. Then yeah. people are like, oh yeah, we want in on that. Like it wasn't always that way, and you still get people who say no because they don't want to draw attention to the fact that they're not writing their own music.
0: That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask. I feel like there's a lot of people that are probably in denial about the yeah. fact that like everybody knows you ain't writing this yourself
3: totally i mean look like i wanted to do dua lipa 2 years ago for new rules you know her biggest song ever uh, new rules she she didn't have anything to do with writing that so she's not going <laughs> to agree to yeah, yeah to say like oh my biggest hit like i didn't do that you know <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense that's, uh, smart. And that's a smart know,
0: decision that's a smart decision i won't
3: decision i won't name other uh, rappers who may or may not be writing their own lyrics. Uh, but I've <laughs> I've had some I've had some some big names turn me down because they don't want to draw attention to that fact.
0: Damn, I was hoping you were going to name names so we can get this <laughs> podcast canceled really quick. Get, get the podcast. You need to start really blackmailing people. Yeah, that. I
1: don't. Yeah, I don't. All this journal
0: all this journalistic integrity ain't going to get you anywhere. Okay, like that's I not know. that's not, that's
3: not where we sit. I, I mean, got to keep but, my job right now.
0: No, but. I understand. I understand. <laughs> did you? Was you? Did you have to deal with any of that op-ed stuff? Were you involved in those conversations internally?
3: I mean, I'll, I'll say what it did was it got me on Slack heavy for the first time
2: <laughs> because. Okay.
3: All of the action, you know, I've, I'm i basically, I'm, I'm at this point where I'm like, I'm too old for Slack, like I don't, my, my editors doesn't need another way to get in touch with me, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. They, they know where to find me, so I've sort of resisted diving into the full culture of these Slack chat rooms that have taken over the times in the last year, but all of the action, uh, you know, in discussing the op-ed stuff was happening there, so I was like heavy on it for that week, but mostly, you know, just sitting back and reading and being frankly amazed by my colleagues in how sort of, uh, both straightforward and, uh, moderate they were in their tone, but also completely incensed, you know, and, and, and rightfully so. So I think it was, it was really inspiring to watch people organize and express uh, you know, years of pent up frustrations uh, with management about, you know, inequality at the times in various ways. Uh, and just, you know, seeing especially sort of my black colleagues um, step up and, and, and make a stand that made a lot of f- sense, you know, it was, yeah, not, that, that's like,
0: the, it was a very, like, agreed, like a it was very concise in a way. It was like, yeah. no, no, this is this is the XYZ of this. And you can't really say much about it. And there, have, there's no you know, defense. There's no defense yeah. of it, really.
3: You, you, know? you have these. You have a uh, Matt Taibbi or a uh, Andrew Sullivan trying to say that, like, th- that these people were being hysterical, and like, as somebody who watched it happen, watched it unfold from the very first moment, like, it was anything but hysterical. You know, uh, I, that, I,
0: ha- I haven't read that Matt. That the, the, the Matt's ha- the, the like Substack thing that he wrote yeah. about. I, I don't. Yeah.
2: I mean, you don't should, need to should, okay. you get was, the idea. That was my
0: question. Should yeah. I, should I read it or no? I mean, it's not worth it. That's the thing. I think the, the, the sheer amount of information is it's, it's nice to know that stuff that's unnecessary and, and offensive is not be going unchecked. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes. I think that it's it's literally just so insane every single day that stuff just can fly under the radar cuz it's just, it's just like people only have so much time and so much patience and so much wherewithal to kind of like read all this stuff and see all this stuff, you know?
3: I mean, I'm a I'm a consumer like I try to take it all in, you know, I watch everything, I listen to everything, I read everything, but like it's not healthy and I fully I'm an advocate for just ignoring uh certain people you know there's there's no need to to boost, I, to, to boost my their uh newsletter subscriber numbers r-
0: my problem is is that at my core i'm a little bit of a hate follower you know yeah. i'm a little bit and i believe i'm also the i'm the receiver of the hate follow as well so i feel like i have to give back to the hate follow community <laughs> i mean i will say
1: interesting <laughs> i never thought about that but you must have a lot of hate followers chris
3: So I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, break the fourth wall and make this meta for a second. But so Carrie, Bat, and my girlfriend, uh, you know, Every time I would sort of walk into her room of the house during quarantine, she was listening to this podcast. Yes, uh, and and I was sort of clowning on her at the beginning, and she was like, and she was flip flopping a bit uh, whether it was a, ha- a hate listen or not a hate listen. Uh, but I
0: think I think you made a fan of her. Ultimately, we take we take all listens. That's the thing. As the creator, you cannot be concerned why people are listening. You just hope they listen. We you know, appreciate the
1: transparency as well as the ad revenue. Thank you I mean, so yeah, you yeah, and your that, girlfriend.
3: Uh you know, I think like you you guys do a good job um booking wise of alternating hate lessons with uh mm-hmm. real with with love lessons. Uh, that, so that actually for various kinds of people. You know, that, that actually, actually is the goal. Yeah I think that's the goal. Yeah, we kind Everybody of do can that, find something to hate and something to love.
1: And and sometimes if you have a guest on that is going to be a hate listen you know, we know we can kind of subconsciously play into that and, and tee up some, some shit for the listener to hate on.
3: Oh, of course. You know, I, I will say, though, I, I shout out to Carrie for being your most loyal listener.
1: Yes, yeah, shout, yeah, shout out to Carrie. <laughs> I, Unfortunately, I like... it was the one episode she's not going to listen to. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that's right. <laughs> Did you, have you guys, you guys have been doing PopCast or you haven't been doing it?
3: So this is actually my audition to get back on PopCast.
0: Oh, you know what that <laughs> The fact that I've never asked to be on is on a, is a little shocking to me, but look, I I understand that I'm not really there yet, clout wise. I mean, you know,
3: Popcast is, I'm also, that's Chris, John, you're not really that's a pop. John's baby, that's Cara Monica's baby. You know, I uh, I pop in uh, when I'm when I'm needed and when I'm relevant, but I don't I don't do the I don't do the invites.
0: No, I, look, I understand how the how the system works. <laughs> this is interesting because John has been a guest on this podcast. Oh, I know you remember and. You know, he's having his old boss from the stores. It looks like inside baseball to me is all I'm saying. Is all I'm saying. It's a little bit like if you cut him a check, then maybe you get on the pop. I see how it works now, and, and I understand a little better. You know, Look, every,
3: everybody, uh, all, all the listeners to, to this podcast, please subscribe to PopCast uh, <laughs> well, wherever you get your audio content.
0: I will say, though, the time that Cartel has gotten mentioned on the podcast, the amount of messages I get, are it's, it's almost as good as being on. So oh, I, I, I don't –
3: we have a real loyal subscriber base. I mean, so a couple months ago, someone created a Facebook group uh, for Popcast fans, and I have to say, it is the best music message board
0: uh, going. So, really, I'm I'm a member of a few Facebook groups for that for that kind of reason. There's like an old Atlanta hardcore one that's like incredible, like wow, just, just like relics, wow, wow. But but I've learned that Facebook groups are where the real fans live, which yes. I didn't I didn't really know until like a couple years ago
3: especially for podcasts it's a real
0: thing and i don't i don't it's it's i guess the only reason to have facebook at this point yeah i mean it's the only reason i check is
3: what just can like, we
1: do to remove that from facebook because facebook is so bad and i haven't had it for years well, they're moving.
3: I think actually our Discord, the, pop, the podcast group, yeah, is now moving to either Slack or Discord to like uh, yeah. have have an even higher volume of posting. I, don't, hosting.
0: I <laughs> don't know what I don't know what Discord is, but I keep hearing people throwing the name around. Is it like you, encrypted or something? You're getting old.
2: <laughs>
1: it's well, not I no, it's it's just like a message board service where you can you can just open up a message board, public or private, and, and discuss subjects. I mean, yes. Reddit, Reddit is like the also pretty popular. Yeah, um, I
3: mean it's it's a it's a it's a form of all of that. You know, I'm a I the one thing that I kept on when I was mostly off social media was Reddit. I'm a big Reddit lurker, um, mm. and yeah, you just see these these sort of. Uh, subcultures just really going in like the, the the vibrant stuff that you can find in the these dark corners. You yes. know, walk, walk us through Reddit, some of your
1: favorite um s- subreddit forms to, to to find some gold in my friend. I mean, I mean if you not really, safe for work filter is look, on.
3: Look if you really want the dregs of internet humanity, uh the Caroline Calloway subreddit <laughs> is
2: Whoa.
3: <laughs> extremely lit uh, and, ex- <laughs> and borderline abusive, uh, but to her,
0: to her or to each other,
1: both to the okay. world.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's extremely active, and then I mean, you know, sometimes I'll even pop onto the Red Scare subreddit to wow, just that. Wow. That's like a whole, a whole other are you genre fucking neoliberal of <laughs> shit poster. I mean, these people are. I would
1: only do that if I was insane. Single. I,
3: I look. <laughs> look, I
1: just need to know
3: what the people are saying, you know. Especially no, with with Dime Square mostly closed for business. Yeah. What are, to, yeah, yeah what are you yeah, gonna do? Yeah. You just need interesting. To,
0: the only the only thing I've used Reddit for is 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 body weight workouts. So I guess I'm missing out on the on the real tea out here. <laughs> oh
3: I mean, yeah. It's it's it can be dark, but you know, then then you just have the you have the sort of. Uh, the, the famous Reddit stuff, the Today I Fucked Up Reddit, you know, of just, uh, T-I-F-U, where people just, you know, talk about something that went wrong in their life or, like, the, you know, yeah. ask me anything, like, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, obviously they get a lot of shit Reddit as an organization for its fostering of racism, sexism, homophobia, everything bad, uh, mm-hmm. but... I mean that stuff. I think is important to see sometimes uh, to just know how bad it can get in the depths of the internet. But there's, you know, there's some wholesome content too. There's some good puppy videos. (laughs) There's some good stuff on
1: 4chan too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't go that deep.
1: (laughs) Didn't didn't
0: didn't Patia say she started using 4chan, Jason?
1: Yeah, she said she was on 4chan when she was like 12 or something, which. I mean
0: that if if you follow her
3: accounts, you can see that. Yeah, but in in her DNA.
0: But I'm just—that's just so crazy to me because I've always just—I guess I always from the get go of hearing about that was like told, "Don't do like you don't need to go there." You know. I
3: mean, you saw Doja Cat basically get uh get canceled for her four chan days, her eight chan days. I forgot about Doja Cat. Yeah, I, I mean she she got uh she got a little lucky that she was getting canceled right as the world started to burn.
0: Do you think she'll recover?
3: I mean, recover in that like she has the biggest song on the radio right now. Is I don't she, know if she, she needs
0: to recover. Is she on a major?
3: Uh oh yeah, she's um yeah she's a, a Dr. Luke acolyte.
0: Oh, that's right, and that's mm. the other controversial thing about her. Yes, because yes. the whole the whole thing with Dr. Luke is that he never went away. He just he just had a pseudonym. Yes, he's been
3: ghost producing or just like quietly guiding careers. I mean, this man has a million businesses. You know, he owns. Uh, he owned at one point a huge chunk of, um, core water or whatever. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, this guy, and this guy is like a hundred millionaire outside of music. So <laughs> he like, you know, he, he never, he never went anywhere. Who but do, yeah, I mean, Kim, you, Kim who, Petrus, that's oh, a, that's one. did that's, he do,
0: did he do sweet with psycho? no 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 that's
3: ava max i friend. know but i was about to say <laughs> damn
0: if he had anything to do with sweet with psycho i was gonna be upset because that's a fucking smash
3: not that i know of but yeah no he's he's kicking around if you know where to look
1: who's uh Wait. who's the next producer that you think will be canceled you got any info? <laughs> so? oh, wow. is it gonna be zed? Oh, wow. we're hoping for zed right <laughs>
3: look uh I, I I can uh i can I can't guess this sort of thing you know let me do my reporting and I'll get back to you
0: Joe Thank Joe you. also. Joe also is. uh, Even though we're friends, you you truly broke my heart because you're the one who took down Ryan Adams like single handedly. Not single. You had some help. I I had. I had. It was. You know. We
3: don't. We don't think of it as taking people down. We think of it as um, exposing the truth. But uh, mm. I'm sorry that uh, Ryan Adams is (laughs) not a nice man.
0: I I'm not. You know. I've come to terms with that fact, and also it wasn't that much of a surprise. Doesn't
1: sound like it, Chris. Who's a real
0: fan, but I do think that what I I think is interesting about him and many of these other people is that it seems like he's just kind of sniffing around and on Instagram. And, like, can, if you have a big enough fan base, can you just come back uh, almost direct to consumer?
3: Definitely. I mean, look at Louis. You know, I think that Mm. Ryan Adams is going to go the Louis route, you know, whether or not he gets a. a big label or a big management company behind him, which he probably will, you know, quietly uh, at some point. Um, He, Yeah, I mean, if he posted a new album and said, PayPal me $10 for it, like, and, you know, got booked at some independent clubs, like, people are going to go, you know? People are not... I, and you you've sort of seen if you've paid any attention to what's happened to ryan adams is like the sort of men's rights activists of the world have <laughs> chose have chosen him as a hero just as they have louis or weinstein or anyone else like that um, that must so, that must suck
0: think of like i don't want you guys like relax i'm not interested in your you cannot choose who your fans are that's the biggest problem in the world
3: i mean i just i don't know if the if some of these guys have the same reservations about that that you do that's but, that's yeah. true good point, no, good point. Good point. And and this is the the thing about cancellation is like if if you're a white man, uh, it's really hard to actually cancel you. You know, you can yeah, no, you're going to continue. You're going to continue to. But I
0: I think with him is also, I mean, he basically was like, "Fuck you!" I didn't do anything. It's not like he. It's not like he handled it well by any means. You know what I mean? It's not. There was no grace. He didn't handle it well. He didn't do. He didn't even pretend to kind of play the game. He was. he, He
1: was no Moby. Let's say that. Exactly, exactly. And that,
0: that to me, being that defiant of something that's clearly true is, is a bigger cause for alarm almost. Totally. And you know, yeah, he'll, he'll be back. I think every, but I do think that the, I think the cancellation stuff in all industries is running so rampant right now that I do think that I would say 75% of people will be back.
3: I mean, look at Russell Simmons. That's another story that
0: I worked on, you know, at the Times forever. Can you like, can you explain – can you walk – just a quick overview of that? Because I, I've touched – I've, like, checked in on it, but I'm not fully aware.
3: Yeah, so I guess, you know, in the sort of heat of the original Me Too, uh, you know, we reported a big story, um, you know, with multiple women on the record named – all their stuff corroborated. You know, we work on this stuff for, for months. Uh, me and my fellow reporter, uh, Melena Isaac, who also did the Ryan Adams story with me, um, and, you know, I worked on a bunch of fire Festival stuff with, and, you know, she and I are a sort of a team in the culture department on these, like, investigative stories. And, you know, we what we reported was only sort of the tip of the iceberg in terms of accusations of rape against Russell Simmons, and he's another one who just completely you know, push back against it, um, said he never had any non-consensual sexual encounters, which, you know, if you go back and read our story, you can make up your own mind, but, like, I think it's pretty clear. And, you know, dozens of women have come out, both before and since, uh, to sort of, with very similar stories. And, you know, this man moved to Bali. He hasn't (laughs) been back from Bali, apparently, uh, where there's no extradition to any states. Oh, I didn't know
0: that. I didn't know that.
3: And he's just like doing yoga surrounded by like uh, young white women um, and acting like nothing happened. And, you know, so the reason this has kicked back up recently is there's this documentary, which is now on HBO Max, the new HBO streaming service, called On the Record. And it follows this woman, Drew Dixon, who was the main source in our story. And she started being filmed for the documentary while we were reporting the story. So you can hear my voice like on the phone with her as she's deciding whether or not to go public with, uh, you know, her account of um, being raped by Russell back in in the nineties when she was an A&R at Def Jam. Um, And, you know, she and these other sort of amazing, brave black women have come out with their stories and, you know, they made this uh, documentary about how black women had been left out of the Me Too movement. And, you know, it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's an intense and powerful watch. And like, I, I recommend that anybody who cares about hip hop or, uh, you know, gender equality, watch it. But he's sort of, you know, he, he got Oprah seemingly to pull out of producing the film. Um, and he was on the breakfast club last week, uh, talking about social justice and how he was like just a womanizer. Uh, and you know, you have these big platforms that continue to, let people like that tell their side of the story and yeah i mean you know he might have had to uh get out from some of his businesses but he's like far from far from canceled
0: jesus christ i didn't realize he had like gone to a non-extradition you know that's like to me that that's pretty clear you know (laughs) i you know i can't i
3: can't say what his legal advice has been um but i can say that he's been in quality for a long time
0: what uh what do you think about about the breakfast club and their whole because i you know i have a lot of opinions about charlemagne and his advice for dum-dums but i think that the like that platform and what he's doing and what he does with the podcast is like i think people give him a lot of runway
3: i mean so much like uh and i think like some of that is to their credit like they are a huge platform you know they are howard stern for the rap generation like sure. they they are the place to go you know if you think of like the birdman interview the Six 69 interview you know the uh
0: you know you just like they, they have let's not let's not forget the best one soldier boy
3: of course. I mean, they have, mm. they have hits on hits on hits. Like, they can be really great interviewers, and then they can also be like totally friendly to people who don't deserve it. I mean, they had Rush Limbaugh on to talk about the protests. Like, Joe Rogan. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and it's the I, same thing. It's like, to me, as somebody in the media, like, you can't discount these People with such reach and such and such access, especially at a time when famous people don't want to do interviews, basically. Uh, So I think it's a valuable platform. But like, do they like stick their you know proverbial foot in their mouth all the time? Like, yeah, of course. Like, should they have Rush Limbaugh and Russell Simmons on? Like, probably not. But I think ultimately, it's like you know I most of the people they have on there I want to hear out and like you know you got to give Charlemagne credit he's a he's a survivor of you know a lot of <laughs> bullshit and much of it of his own making Um but he's also like you know a leader in the culture like whether we like it or not
0: you know I, I, I listened to him talk about the Rush Limbaugh thing and he was basically like kind of saying like I hope that Rush Limbaugh listeners now know who I, you know, know the other side. And I'm like, bro, Rush Limbaugh people don't get, they, they ain't even going to watch it because they see a black guy on it. They don't give a fuck about you, dude. Like that's not, yeah. I, I understand that line of thinking. And, and in some cases I, I believe it would be true, but with Rush Limbaugh fam, we're not, yeah. we ain't going all the way. We ain't
3: yeah. Going like way. I didn't need a Charlemagne interview to tell me that Rush Limbaugh doesn't believe in white
0: supremacy. As yeah. 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 That's kind of his platform. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't, I just find I don't I have a weird fascination with Charlemagne because I think that he is I just find I don't think he's very smart. And I think that actually works in his favor. Um I think everything that he does, especially with the mental health stuff, is like so baseline that yeah. it it like appeals to people in this like Gary V way where it's like rise and grind, but of mental health. So you can't really be mad because it's more positive than negative. Right. But I wonder if people go beyond – I just hope people are willing to go beyond what they learn from him and find where the source is, you know.
3: Totally. And, I, you know, I think uh, – is is he a force for good? Is he a force for evil? Like, I don't know, but he's a force, you know. So I pay attention for that.
0: Oh, it's impossible to ignore. I mean, especially yeah. I think if you live in New York, he's a, you know, he's a figure.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the Joe Rogan comparison is is pretty apt, you know. For a different kind of per- for a different kind of person. Mm-hmm.
0: I just saw I just saw a nice list of Joe Rogan's five bu- favorite books. So I'll forward that to you guys after <laughs> after right. it's The Fountainhead and the Bible, and there's a couple other ones. So I'm just, you know, I don't
1: know. Two bangers. I'm sure the rest are good too.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Two bangers. Two bangers. I mean, is there a the man any- likes an epic. He does. He does. He does. Is there any, um, before we let you go, is there, is there any new music we should be excited about besides the Phoebe Bridgers that's coming out?
3: Uh, I mean that, you know, Phoebe Bridgers, uh, a legend. I would um, like to, say,
0: I would like to say on this podcast that somehow I have not been sent the, uh, promo jukebox of that. Oh, and wow. I'm a little grandstand media. You've been called out. Um, okay? All but, right. but you, I'm sure have had it for a while. So can you confirm that it slaps?
3: Um, I wouldn't say that slaps is the word. <laughs> sure, because,
2: sure, sure, sure. You know what like, I
3: mean.
0: You know, Phoebe
3: loves like nothing more than like a stake in the heart, and then like uh, to stomp on it. You know, so I don't. know. It depends on if you consider. That's what it, like, I
0: consider a slap. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just, just yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: If emotional trauma, <laughs> dark humor is slapping, then yes, the album is slapping. But uh, has it got songs? It's got songs. Okay. songs. Um, What else? Uh, You know, I basically, I only listen to like Lil Baby and John Prine these days. (laughs) Uh, Wow. The range. And, you know, basically anything, anything coming up in Atlanta like under Lil Baby or affiliated, I think is, you know, worth checking out. There's this guy, Lil Key, uh, who he just signed, not to be confused with Lil Keyed, who's also good, Uh, Mm -hmm. but this, this dude, Lil Key, um, my Friday, this other uh atlanta teen um rilo rodriguez this sort of there's this there's a real movement i think of um bluesy street rap you know they're using a lot of like sad guitar samples and just like spilling their hearts
0: uh Interesting. and, I, that's, and, and that's rapping or I'm like weird singing
3: no no mostly rapping um i think there's like there's there's this i i sort of put this post little baby, this like introspective uh yeah. Southern rap and that's like that's that's everything uh right now. The student no cap, um, uh stuff like that. I mean Polo G a little bit out of Chicago is, is doing something similar. Um but I'm, yeah, I'm I'm moved I'm really moved by these kids who are back to rapping rapping uh and doing it uh in a way that's not it's not like a J. Cole thing,
0: you know? Thank God, we're anti. This is an anti j Cole podcast, so yeah. you know we're we're happy we're happy to hear that.
3: Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's 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 somewhere to the left of that uh, in a way that I appreciate. Well, so, we haven't
1: we haven't had a, a use or a need for club rap bangers in the last you know four months or something. So it's true. We I have wonder the if time ever to listen to back. regular rapping. Yeah, uh, I think we'll get it back, but it'll take, it'll take don't
0: some time. don't don't worry. Yo Gotti's in the lab right now.
1: <laughs> one can only hope
0: one can only hope Joe thank you for joining us um, and uh, tell people where they can find you on the on the World Wide Web
3: yeah I'm, uh, I'm on the, I'm back on these social platforms uh, at Joe Costacarelli on Twitter and Instagram uh, Diary of a Song on YouTube uh, subscribe to the New York Times whether you like it or not <laughs> <laughs>
0: alright great man thank you I'll talk to you soon we'll talk to you All soon alright I appreciate it Bye,
3: later yeah
2: there